What's up, Drew Hill? He Drew Hill? What's up? Hello everyone, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley wishing a nice day to everyone there, right there, at True Heel Heat. Yeah! <laughs> hello, 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 it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube and Twitter for our WWE Crown Drool. 2022 roundtable review. We're going to be breaking down all the action from yesterday in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. I am here with the three-time, three-time, three-time baby-making champion, co-host of NX3 and Blunt Impact. This is Ness. Good morning, good brother. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. Glad you are here with me, joining me after being on the watch along yesterday. Happy that we got we already got comments in the live chat from one particular person, <laughs> it seems like. But yeah, it's a good day though. It's a good Sunday. How you doing today? I'm doing mighty fine. I was ready for this to get underway, just like uh some of the people in our comment section already. So yeah, let's get into it, man. Let's get to it. We want to thank you all for joining us. Remember to drop the thumbs up on this video. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. If you are new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here. Of course, if you were with us yesterday, thank you for joining us for the watch along. You could check out some of that over on demand right now. And if you're watching us on demand for this review, let us know in the comments down below what you thought about WWE Crown Jewel 2022. But if you are with us live, let us know in the live chat. We'll try to highlight as many of your comments as possible. But of course, the best way to have your comment highlighted on screen is with a super chat donation. Do not go outside your means. Only if you're generous, you have a little bit to give back to us with what we do. We appreciate it. And it goes to all the contributors here on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We got Brett Thomas here with us already. I think he made this comment at like 7 a.m. Eastern time on this review. He says, I will admit, I made a mistake. And Logan's Paul's time was not last night however i stand by the fact he will definitely main event night one mania i hope that more wwe fans and wrestling fans in general and then he went on to say put more respect in logan paul's name as a wrestling star not a pretend one like kenny or seth logan can carry himself way stronger than both of them who just show up and play being a star No comment, Ness. It's too early for that shit. It's just, I'll I'll admit, I'm not a fan of the Paul brothers just because of their personalities. But bias aside, the dude can wrestle. Like it's it's We're, there. He has a star power. Now I'm not going to jump off the deep end like our good friend Brett Thomas here, thinking that he was going to beat the tribal chief of all people. But I can see uh logan having a main well i don't know about main eventing but i can see him having a major profile match at mania yeah uh, i mean if it, if he wasn't gonna do that already 
after his performance yesterday, he probably is going to have a, a top of the line, like high profile match yeah. at this year's WrestleMania. Uh, Santos here with us saying, I am here four minutes to hear the best pro podcast crew in the IWC. We appreciate that, Santos, your support. We always appreciate. G Loke says, What it do? Top of the morning. So much to discuss. That is for sure with this pay per view. Vala B with a difference of opinion saying, Did you say crown drool? Uh, I'll take it. I did fall asleep. So, not everybody was a fan of what we what we saw last night. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if you have a difference of opinion or there's some stuff that you didn't like. Let us know in the live chat as we're gonna discuss it. But like with this roundtable reviews nest, we sometimes like to to go out of order and talk about the biggest story coming out of Crown Jewel. And funny enough, it was the main event. The main yeah, event was sure. the biggest story, the biggest talking point coming out of the show because of how it turned out and because of the aftermath as well. So let's get right into it. It was Roman Reigns defending the undisputed WWE Universal Championship against Logan Paul. Uh, it, you know, the buildup to this was all about Logan Paul saying that he had to hit that one lucky punch against Roman Reigns and he had a chance to win. And that became the story of the matchup because of Roman Reigns' side to this, where he was very overconfident and even cocky heading into this. So he was very cocky early on, smiling at Logan Paul, not taking him seriously. He, he grounds him. Uh, Logan Paul using his speed, his athleticism early on, but Roman eventually grounds him he's talking trash he was like no new no youtuber could come into my world <laughs> he was talking his his infamous trash that we all love from roman reigns but i'll be honest with you other than the first like couple of minutes of this match this was all logan paul this was the logan yeah. paul show he dominated pulling out a buckshot lariat that is even better than cm punks not saying much but it's on the level of hangman adam page he hit it so smooth his athleticism on display, uh, getting high into the air. Roman would cut him off from time to time, but Logan just, uh, you know, continuously was on him with offense. Uh, his leapfrogs were amazing in this matchup. And then, of course, the, the highlight of this whole entire encounter, they fight to the floor. Logan Paul is pretty much dominating Roman Reigns at this point. He places him on the announce table. He says hello to his podcast co-host in the front row, who hand him a cell phone uh he goes up to the top rope stands on the ring post and delivers what has been coined ness the five star frog frog splash five star <laughs> frog splash that was insane it's up on it his insta on his instagram the the video that he took but just watching it from you know WWE's cameras was even insane. A tremendous spot, the old Shane McMahon spot, but just even more crazier because most people do the elbow. You do the elbow because you want to extend, and even if you miss them, you can at least hit a hand or something. It'll look effective. This man did a splash, a court, uh, changing direction splash yeah. in midair on Roman Reigns. It was quite impressive. A whole bunch of carnage after that. This led to the Usos coming down. Uh, they jump Logan Paul's podcast hosts. Uh, they they look like they're clearing house, and out comes none other than Logan Paul's brother Jake Paul, and he gives, delivers some of the work 
the worst worked punches ever. This proves this man is a boxer because only boxers who can really knock somebody out would throw a work punch that horribly. So, yeah, I will say he is legitimate, his wins. His wins are not fixed. His work punches are horrible. That shows he's a boxer. So uh, Solo Sokoa comes out. He has a stare down with Jake Paul, but security comes in between them. The Usos are up at this point. Uh, Logan Paul takes them out with a dive to the outside, but then he gets in the ring and he gets a Superman punch and a spear from Roman Reigns. One, two, three. Roman Reigns retains the undisputed WWE Universal Championship and my lord, Roman Reigns' sell job after the match even sold me even more on this match. This man is fixing his jaw after the match, after taking the one lucky punch from Logan Paul. He took the one lucky punch, and then he took a Superman punch from Logan Paul during the match. He's, like, trying to fix his jaw, selling it afterwards. He's looking at his championships, so happy that he still has them. Uh, Paul Heyman is like, we praise your glory. We're here for your glory, Tribal Chief. You could say Paul Heyman sold this so well this put over logan paul so well in the aftermath as well as him and jake paul recovered in the ring after the match and he got a, a huge response from the yeah, saudi arabia yeah. fans they totally treated him like a baby face even though in the lead up to this match of course the fans were booing him he totally won over the fans of saudi arabia around the world so ness before we get into the aftermath with logan paul being injured in this matchup Let's talk about the match itself, Logan Paul's performance. What did you think, and what did you think about the match overall? Match overall, I gave it a four and a quarter, four and a quarter, four and a half. Also, I'd probably just stay with four and a quarter. It was, I don't want to say it's better than I expected because I actually expected this to be a good match. You know, we see that Logan has it to uh, perform in the wrestling ring. We've seen it in his only two matches that he has and now being in there with an elite talent such as Roman Reigns it was only going to be that much better the storyline surrounding it uh, the one lucky punch the one lucky punch if he can get that off he's going to win he didn't get it off to Roman but he knocked out both you know both the Usos and uh I, I do want to see Solo versus Jake now but that's a whole nother conversation. I, um, I want to see the Pauls versus the Usos. I, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, that now that's a match that I can see, or I would like to see happening at Mania. Uh, we can definitely have that happen. Um, yeah, it was it was just so good. Like at, at certain times all night, I'm just like, oh, when's the main event? When's the main event? Because I knew it was just going to be a banger, and that's exactly what it was. And I'm glad that there was some shenanigans, but it was like placed well, and it wasn't too much. They didn't overbook it. Um, cause that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. You know, it was going to be the, the friends are going to come help out, even though they just pretty much got their asses kicked by the Usos. Um, I thought the Usos would be out there for pretty much like the whole match. They only had like a couple minutes out there. Um, so like you said, but even like you said, Logan worked the, led the whole match for the most part. Um, Roman pretty much just let him do what he wanted to do. Worked under being the, uh, even though he used the heel, but kind of got beat up for the most part of it as a as a baby face but yeah this match was it was great it did exactly what i expected it to do um and props to logan man i know a lot like i said a lot of people don't like him far as you know personality all that aside like you can't deny that he has what it takes to be a, a wwe performer wwe superstar he has the already the notoriety 
the publicity, the superstardom surrounding him. And now he's just going out there continuously showing that he has the athleticism. He has the, the talent being trained by the H HBK, one of the goats. I said this on the stream yesterday. This was the HBK versus the rock match that we never got. And that pretty much sold it. That it sold it. I'm I'm sold on them. I was already sold, but that even that did even a better job. Yeah, like literally think in through this match, you know, Brian Alvarez said it on Wrestling Observer Radio, but Logan Paul definitely is a guy that never heard a move he didn't want to do. He's doing <laughs> leapfrogs. He's doing the 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 Shawn Michaels flying forearm. He's doing the kick the kip up at yeah. just the right time. And he sold it just enough before the kip up. Uh, he's doing the you know the the tuning up the band. He hits the 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 one lucky punch so so good on Roman Reigns, and then the Superman punch was just as good. So yeah, he was he was amazing in this match. If this was a guy that had like fifteen, even twenty matches a year. I would definitely say that he's like rookie of the year. And he's a guy that in WWE, especially with his age, only 27 years old, he could potentially be the next, uh, the next undisputed WWE universal champion. He's that good. I wouldn't go as far as I, I see Nick Jackson here. He says, uh, Logan Paul, definitely the rookie of the year. I think if you say definitely, that means that you're forgetting that this year also includes someone like Braun Breaker, a two-time NXT okay. champion. It also includes Hook. My man, Hook. Are you out here disrespecting Hook? <laughs> saying that it's a blowout? Get the hell out of here. But no, no, no. Logan Paul, hell of a performance. He's he's. I thought that after, you know, uh, WrestleMania and SummerSlam, I was like, oh, man, he this celebrity levels, he's, like, on the level of some, like, the best celebrities that we've seen who just naturally get it. Maybe, you know, a Stephen Amell or, yeah. uh, you know, a Bad Bunny. So many celebrities we've seen, especially in the last couple of years, that really just, uh, you know, are fans of it and really crabs onto it. Logan Paul's it's head and shoulders above the rest. He, yeah. is, he is the GOAT celebrity to cross over into professional wrestling i'll go as far as saying that i won't go as far as saying rookie of the year for sure but he's definitely in the discussion after after his performance especially here against roman reigns in your third match i don't think i've ever seen anyone that good in their third match no nah, I, I really can't think off the top of my head even even legends at that like guys that are synonymous with professional wrestling for all the like the decades that they've you know been around and stuff like that. But coming just to see him come out of nowhere, as far as you know, just getting this these random matches and you know teaming with the Miz and stuff like that, doing tag matches because like you there he's in those type of matches, so he doesn't like one hurt himself, doesn't work as much. Going from that, just going into your singles matches, and it's just like wow, all right, like you got it now. There's no denying. There's there's no denying. You just got to be a hater, straight up hater. That's it. At the end of the day, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you no. I think I think uh, that's the misconception. I think people are saying like uh, they think Logan Paul gets booed in certain places in WWE, especially because uh, he's an outsider coming in. I don't even think it's about that anymore because no. you've seen how they how they treated Bad Bunny after one good performance. He was yeah. he was kind of universally accepted when before when he was first uh, talked about being in. He was like, who's Bad Bunny? You know, yeah. Grammy Award winning Bad Bunny. Then he has one good performance. They accept them. I don't think they accepted Logan Paul after his two good performances at WrestleMania and SummerSlam because of who he is. Yeah. It's more about who he is 
than w- him being an outsider in wrestling. Right. I agree um, with that. We got a super chat donation here, Nez, from Bala B. Thank you so much, Bala B, for that. He says, Logan keeps showing that he's great. Hope the injury is kayfabe. Also, until the Sammy's uh, bloodline storyline is over, I only refer to SP3 as my dog. Respect, my dog. Respect. <laughs> Respect, my dog. Respect. Uh, we also got uh, Richie, Richie Moon, who says, fun match. Wish he didn't get injured. But like the old saying goes, it ain't uh, ballerina. It ain't ballerina. Yeah, it ain't. <laughs> It it ain't it ain't that that's for sure and uh I I feel for him and especially because he it says that he injured it midway through the matchup and yeah. still continued and I wonder if the injury happened before the five star vlogs match that makes it even more impressive. Yeah, I for me personally, I think it might have been on the buckshot Larry when he did the flip. Everyone so, gets hurt. It seems. The, yes, just. I mean, as great as it was, just leave it to Hangman, man. He he knows how to do it precisely so he doesn't injure himself. <laughs> exactly. I saw people going as far as to say that uh, he, he, uh, it was better than Hangman's. That's just disrespectful. Y'all are just yeah. y'all are wild. Y'all are wild with y'all praise. Y'all go too far to the left, and y'all start going into hyperbole. That's a little too much in my in my estimation. I don't know about you, Ness. No, I, don't, I wouldn't say it was better. The flip was nice, but like yeah. the, just the, the you know the flip might have been better. But the whole thing as a whole, now that was some of the people I was on the stream with yesterday, like Romeo. But you know he's a of troll, course, so. of course, yeah. <laughs> we, we we don't take Romeo seriously, especially when he says things like that, and he's criticizing uh, AEW. He's always yeah. willing to do that. Uh, John Elite says Logan's hella better than Punk's. Yeah, that. that yeah, yeah, by that's, far, yeah, that's a by far. That, that's not that's not a question. That's not a question at all. Uh, <laughs> and uh, CM says ball- ballet is more uh, dangerous. To be honest, so she does have a point too. Uh, and Richie Moon says finish the match with a torn MCL, torn meniscus, and torn ACL, according to his Instagram live on uh, uh Logan Paul talking about his injury. Uh, do you think that it's a work? Do you think that it's a shoot? I, I think that um I don't know if it's that serious. I don't know if it's all of those things, but I do probably think that you know with how he put his body on the line in this match, I wouldn't be surprised if he was injured. I wouldn't be surprised if he was injured, but it's like, where do you go from here right after that? Um, And, you know, like wrestling fans, we think everything's a work. (laughs) So my inner wrestling fans coming out, I'm just going to say, I think it's a quote unquote work Um, just for him to like, take some time. Like, Rest up, obviously, because he went through hell going in there with Roman and all the things that he did. Um, now maybe they can try to like find a for uh build up this storyline even more. Maybe now, like the Usos will have to deal with the Paul brothers or anything of that nature. Um, but because the way he finished, like went through the whole match, he didn't seem injured at all. I had no idea yeah. that he was injured until I seen it on social media that you know, it's like, oh, you had the meniscus tear and MCL and stuff like that. I'm like. Are you serious? The way that this guy just went through this whole match, it didn't seem like anything was wrong with him. That's where the whole work thing comes from. But I'm I'm hoping that, you know, if he is actually injured, he gets a speedy recovery. 
that's not going to be uh, a quick recovery, though. No. Right? So no. that's going to that's at least a little damper. Months. Yeah, that's that puts a little months. little damper on our on our mania uh dreams but hopefully i'm hoping that it is just the work and you know that's just a way to write him off a of television for right now and maybe like around a rumble or something you know by the grace of god he's just oh yeah super super recovery out of nowhere so. <laughs> yeah yeah i really think romeo has superpowers or something like that see him says <laughs> i really thought romeo had manifested charlotte's return now no, he's still he's still he's been wishing for it and hoping for it since money in the bank, pretty much. Yeah, like, for the months. <laughs> if it was him, if it was up to him, she would have came. She well, once she would have been back. She definitely would have came back yesterday. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Definitely, definitely. I understand. Uh, we also uh got a couple of people in the comments. Sound off, let us know what you thought about Logan Paul's uh performance. Let us know what you think about him as rookie of the year. He's definitely WWE. Rookie of oh, the year. Yeah. I, I, I'll put him ahead of even Braun Breaker. Even though I think Braun Breaker has the in factor, he's been be- very impressive. I, I don't, I, I didn't think Braun Breaker was a main eventer after his third match I saw. Yeah. And I do. We were still waiting him to get a little better around that time. Yeah, yeah. He was not good in his first match against Eli Drake. I remember that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, keep those comments coming. Your super chat donations, of course, is the best way to have your comment highlighted on screen. Uh, Will will touch back on Logan Paul and Roman Reigns as much as you guys want us to. But let's go to the beginning of the show, uh, Ness, as they started the show with Titus O'Neil narrating the intro, saying this is the countdown to Impossible. Uh, The idea is tied into Logan Paul needing to hit that one lucky shot to beat Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns and stuff. So I thought it was a pretty good intro to the show. And I thought it was a nice touch having Titus O'Neil there for a show that typically is not the best image. You got the person with the best image in WWE doing the narration. Very, that's a good point because uh, we all know that this, you know, we call it Saudi blood money. So just, just the name money. itself, just the name itself just shows it's like, yeah, it might not sit well with everybody. Let's this, this, this put, put our nice Negro out there. <laughs> have him dance. Not going to lie. That's have what him, I was have, thinking. Have him talk to the people about this being being in it. It's, it's the road to impossible. We're bringing us together. The U.S. and Saudi through WWE. <laughs> I sound believable, right? Yeah, because um, that's, that's what they want. They want them to say, oh, yeah, they're eating it up. Oh, they're eating it up, brother. They love this. Oh, yeah, they love God. it. They love it. <laughs> they love it each and every minute of it. Uh, but let's get into the opening matchup. They kind of open and close with their two biggest matchups because they open the show next with Brock Lesnar going one-on-one with Bobby Lashley after his comeback a few weeks ago, costing Bobby Lashley the U.S. title. And what we got was the prototypical Brock Lesnar type matchup. Before the bell even rang, uh, Lashley attacked Lesnar on the outside of the ring, attacking his knee, then hit him with a series of spears, one spear on the floor, one spear through the barricade, and then another spear, to, well, actually two more, in the ring to get a near fall back. He went for the uh, hurt lock, but... Brock was able to reverse into Suplex City, hitting a series of German suplexes. Uh, Brock set up for the F5, and he hits it, but he only gets a near fall. 
Bobby Lashley soon takes control, though. He uh, posts uh, Lesnar with his usual fireman's carry into the ring post. Then he hits a big spine buster. He stalks him, and he looks for the hurt lock. Lesnar reverses, and he tries for the F5, but Lashley reverses right back into that hurt lock. It looks like oh, Lesnar cannot escape, so he pushes off the turnbuckle, as I like to call it, the old Roddy Roddy Piper, Bret the Hitman Hart, WrestleMania 8 finish, and oh, falls on top of Lashley, who still has the herd lock in play, ending count one, two, three, and Brock Lesnar defeats Bobby Lashley in just under six minutes. After the match, Bobby Lashley is not pleased at all, having dominated the matchup and Lesnar just winning by a small reversal or Lashley not paying attention, pretty much. And Lashley puts back on the hurt lock onto Lesnar, who passes out from the pain. What did you think about this opening contest here? Just like you said, it was the prototypical Brock Lesnar match. It's get in, get out there, get your shit in within like, uh, for a six, seven minute radius, somewhere around there. But it was exactly what I expected out of these two. Uh, I don't expect Barack to work like a monotonous amount of time anyway. Um, I will say at first yesterday when I was watching it live, the finish, I wasn't a fan of it. But actually after realizing like what actually happened, one, it made Brock look desperate. It made Brock look human. I yeah. actually like that. That's a side of him that we never see. So he was really trying to get out of the hurt lock, had no way to get out of it, and you know, pulled that move off the, with the you know to get the pen. Actually, we don't. I don't. I don't want to say this without trying to make fun of him. We know Brock is a beast. We don't use. We don't think of Brock for his smart, so to speak. So yeah. they're just like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, instead of him just being this bumbling Neanderthal that can rip you in half, he actually had to think of a way to get this victory. So that's smart. On top of the fact, it makes keeps Lashley strong as well. Yes. He took the pen, but it was like a desperation pen at, at that. Um, and then even the beat down after the fact. That's like the only thing I don't know where they're going to go with this because at one point, what well, recently, Lashley was like one of the top baby faces of Raw. Like, is he still going to be a baby face? Maybe it's just like the setting that they were in. Everybody loves Brock over there. So, of course, you know, they're not going to be happy that one of their favorite stars is getting beat up on. Um, that's neither here nor there, though. I'll, we'll, I'll just wait to see where it, how it plays out. But, um, yeah, like the match, it, exactly what it was, exactly what I expected. I'll give it a, uh, I give it a three. three I, I'll give it three and a quarter. Three and a quarter. Yeah, I gave it three stars. I thought it was uh, it, what we what we were expecting as far as like the all thriller, no filler type of matchup that Brock Lesnar is kind of an expert in. I just wanted a little bit more, but then I realized with the post match and how the match ended that this is only part two of a trilogy. This is yeah. this is just to set up the trilogy, which I hope they blow off at WrestleMania because the more that we can get Lashley making Lesnar look like this, you know, he looked like this a couple of weeks ago on Raw when he beat him down after he cost him the US title and then here just uh how how Lashley's able to kind of look dominant and he he looks like he's elevated even though he took a loss here because of how much he dominated this matchup. Even though I will say that 
WWE, like we talked about two matches already, which have a theme for the night of the person who's losing dominating the person who's gonna lose, who's gonna win. Because Logan Paul dominated Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns won. Yeah. Uh, Las- uh, Lashley dominated Lesnar and then Lesnar won. So, and th- there will be another match on this card. That's exactly the same booking. Uh, so, but I, I didn't get my rating for Reigns and Paul, uh, Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns. I gave four and a quarter stars. I thought it was tremendous. This match, it was exactly what it needed to be, kind of being the chapter two of a three-chapter uh, story between Lashley and Lesnar. But you make a great point. It it did put over Lashley with how dominant and how he made uh, Lesnar not only look desperate, but look weak uh, against uh, what Lashley had to offer. And especially with the Hurt Lock, he was another person who couldn't escape the Hurt Lock. So it puts over that move as well. Which is wild because of all people, you would think that Brock Lesnar would be one of the folks that can, one of the extremely rare few that can get out of the Hurt Lock. Yep, but nope. He was not able to, and he was just another victim for uh, Bobby Lashley here. But Moving on to the next matchup, but before the next matchup, we got an interview uh, backstage with the cha- with the champions going into the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship matchup nets, and we get Alexa Bliss and Asuka being interviewed by Byron Sexton, and out of nowhere on the screen behind them, the Bray Wyatt logo flashes, and Alexa Bliss makes a face like she's being haunted or it's in her head. Uh, and she just talks about how they're going to successfully defend the women's tag team titles. Immediately, I was like, damn it, they're going to lose. I was I was immediately like, damn, they're they about to change these titles yet again. Uh, but let's talk about the matchup here as it was damage control, getting their rematch for the WWE women's tag team titles against Alexa Bliss and Asuka. Uh, this was a, a pretty good matchup. I thought these the, all four ladies work really well with each other, with the highlight, of course, being Asuka versus EO. Anytime they're in the ring together, it just it always comes off very well. The finish comes where Asuka and EO are fighting on the outside. Alexa Bliss goes to the top rope for Twisted Bliss. Out of nowhere comes Nikki Cross to take her down. She hits her finisher on Alexa Bliss, and Dakota Kai pins Alexa Bliss to regain the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships Damage Control two-time Women's Tag Team Champions. This match just going under 13 minutes. Like I said, I thought these ladies uh, worked well with each other. Solid match. I gave it also three stars for this one, but what was the point of the first title change? Like, what? The WWE booking for you. Literally. What did you think about this match and the title change? Uh, I thought the match was solid. I gave it two and three quarter stars. It just felt like a match that I would have saw on Monday Night Raw. Something like that. It really wasn't. didn't feel like a PLE type of match. But um, it was was good. It was solid. Um, I actually like the fact that um Nikki Cross because now so many things are going on with the well far in, in my opinion there's some things going on far as having the you know the Bray Wyatt logo show up in the backstage interview everybody knows the history between Bray and Alexa yeah. and then having uh Nikki uh Nikki Cross come out you know interject herself in the match could that be maybe someone potentially 
aligning themselves with Bray in the future? Or is this something that Lex is going to have to go through regarding if, if there's any connection to Bray to begin with, regardless? Um, I just want to see where they go with that. But even when I heard this match was going to be happening, I said, oh, damage control is going to win. Because there's no reason for them to drop the titles on Monday to have a rematch on Saturday for them not to get it. And I thought that was going to be the theme for both women's title matches. And I was, nope. where was I wrong? Nope. <laughs> nope. I've, I've learned my lesson when it comes to that, but we'll get to yeah. that for sure. Uh, I got a question here that's off topic from Kayfabe Tactics, but I don't usually see them in the live chat, so I will answer. It says, can anyone else here see their previous videos on their YouTube channel? Newest video is from a month ago, and I've done a lot more since then, like recent New Japan show. Their videos are now separated by live videos you upload and shorts so it's probably there it's just under a different tab it's just a weird youtube update that i think sucks but is what it is uh we got john elite who's talking about this woman's tag team title match who says k kai and uh sky should have just retained on monday instead yeah yeah but i guess they wanted a title change for the prince <laughs> he's like I, I got nothing to say about that yeah i mean i guess we're, we're progressing you know instead of just one women's match on the show we get two yeah which you know it's it's good with everything that is going on over there but like you said they could have just retained on monday you could have gave us because this show was missing in my opinion was missing the drip god it was missing a lot of seth rollins he could have defended the united states championship but you know can't always get what you want so nope uh goodfella says giving the saudi crowd a title change plus all main title holders have the belts for years i don't mind this at all uh i mean as you teach its own i just don't don't like the fact that the women's tag team titles were supposed to be brought out to brought back to add some legitimacy to them and yeah. they just feel like a hot potato at this point they they had a 13 day title run for the first champions a 48 day title run for the next champions and now a five day run for your your third champions this is not a very good look as far as uh re-establishing these titles especially with the fact that two of your top stars are out because of how you're managing their these titles and now, under the new regime, everybody thought everything was going to be different. And it's still the same. Great purveyor of tag team and women's wrestling, Triple H is doing so well by those divisions. So well. I mean, the women are getting featured more, so that's yeah. a good thing. But Damage Control is booking his pet project. It thought we, we would think after they debuted on the first major show he did, SummerSlam, he hasn't done good by them at all. Uh, we do have a super chat donation here in this from Vala B once again. Thank you so much, Vala B. We always appreciate that, man. Saying Hunter inherited a lot of Vince's problems, but the women's tag division was one of the easiest to fix. Man, if uh, Sasha and Naomi are coming back, dot, dot, dot. It's true. It's true. Like you, you had a chance to kind of prove to them before they come back that you're going to treat the women's tag team division differently. And you have it. You haven't at all. And I'm just saying, like I said, you had a 13 day reign, a 48 day reign, a five day reign. Why couldn't all this just be a 70 day plus reign for uh, damage control? Like it's just very simple. 
what you could have done. You just have damage control, win the tournament, hold the titles. Bailey can Bailey can do what she was doing, but at least damage control still had the tag team titles. Yeah. But hey, easiest thing that he could have done. Book this this group properly. Like, no, we're not gonna do that. No. Uh <laughs> says, This is why nobody take damage control seriously. Yeah. It, it's, and it, yeah. Oh, and it's crazy because you usually when a quote unquote newer act or you know they come on the main roster, they have they go on a little while undefeated, or if they do lose a match, it's like shenanigans. They're they're at least kept looking strong. Not with damage control. <laughs> like they're like, oh no, you go, you guys. I think they lost. I think I may be wrong. Then they then they lose them like their first match or like their first uh tag match together uh no no, like, no. They, they they won they won their first tag match i know they won they lost a bunch of singles matches they yeah. lost to right, so, yeah, and, so, yeah. and raquel and so yeah it's not it's not good that's it's not, not good no not at all <laughs> Uh, we got Goodfella who says, I love Dakota and EO, but you can see a majority of live crowds not reacting to them. Got to do some things against the norm to get people more invested, in my opinion. I agree. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. Uh, and Bell bringing up a good point here that was pointed out by Sean Ross Sapp on fight on uh, Twitter. He said, hey, guys. Uh, Bell says, hey, guys, did anyone notice Sasha and Naomi is back in the WWE intro? And who said they coming back together? I mean, Naomi could go to SmackDown and join Bloodline for all we know. They they could do that, of course. And I did notice that they were back in the WWE intro. But Sean Rossap reached out to WWE. And WWE claimed they just used the wrong intro. <laughs> yeah, right. If we you believe, believe that, that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you believe that, um, we also got uh Antoine Phillips who says at War Games, if Bailey gets pinned, EO and Dakota jumps her, and that brings Sasha out since it's in Boston. Hey, I would love that. Do a damage control versus Bailey and Sasha, just cut bait and just take Bailey out the group she created. We've seen that they did that with uh Judgment Day, exactly. She <laughs> plays the role of Edge, she plays the role of Edge. There you go. Uh, Frantic Rose says, I saw Sasha Banks talking about WWE, but if she comes back and the booking is the same, what will she do next? Probably in three years, she'll walk out again because she did this in 2019. <laughs> exactly. That's that's pretty much all. if nothing's going to ch- well, one, if nothing's changing, I wouldn't come back to begin with you know i know there's a bunch of legal things going on with that whatever with that so she can't just up and wrestle anywhere else which i understand that but if you left because the things weren't going the way that you liked or the way that you didn't see it happening for you just to come back and nothing's changed what was the point of coming back you might as well just stay stay away stay out it's true uh romeo says yeah like we used the wrong intro on here right bs <laughs> hey I've, I've i've seen ness use the true hill heat background for a blunt impact yeah i've seen i've seen <laughs> i've seen uh stat king use it for for dark power so it happens it happens Saying, uh, I, I smoke a lot, so that's my <laughs> WWE. I think they have a wellness policy. <laughs> He's like, I don't think they're smoking blunts while they—they're yeah, yeah. not doing this while they press the buttons like yeah. me, though. 
Ah, uh, that's hilarious. Uh, Kervin says, I take the uh, the Impact Wrestling Women's Tag Team Division over WWE, lack of a tag division. I'd take anybody's tag team division over WWE. Like I said, no, Triple H, this great purveyor of uh, tag team and uh, women's wrestling. If it wasn't for the Usos being the tag team champions and the Brawling Brutes going, getting over, we would be talking about how the men's division he hasn't done mu much with either. But we will get into that from this show. But let's get into the next matchup on the card from WWE Crown Jewel. It was Karrion Cross going one-on-one -on -one with Drew McIntyre inside of a 15-foot-high steel cage. Karrion Cross had a cool little entrance coming out in a, with a Scarlet and the Hourglass uh, logo in the sky. I did love the drone yeah. uh, technology for the entrances. It added a nice little touch and made this feel like a big-time stadium show, which it is. This was a lot, I felt was a, was as hard hitting as their match at Extreme Rules, but just it felt more physically intense than their match at Extreme Rules did. I thought that this was a little bit better. Uh, Scarlett, of course, getting involved. Uh, she used the spray to spray uh, Drew McIntyre in the face, but it didn't help much. Eventually, Drew is able to hit the Claymore on Karrion Cross. He goes to walk out the steel cage, but Scarlett basically uh, padlocks the uh, door lock after taking out the referee with the pepper spray. She locks the door so Drew can't walk out. So Drew has to climb over the top of the cage instead, and he is able to escape before Scarlett is able to open the door for Karrion Cross to escape through the door. So Drew McIntyre defeats Karrion Cross inside of the steel cage. This it, going into the matchup, it felt like it was going to be the blow-off, but this finish doesn't feel like it's the end of the story, which is unfortunate because I'm over this feud. But I thought this was the best match that they had together. Yeah, I enjoyed this match. I gave it a three and a half. Um, I actually agree with like how the finish was. It kind of does feel like it's still going to be ongoing. So... I don't know what else you can do after you, you already had the strap match. You already have a, uh, a steel cage match. Like, what can you guys do now? You have match a regular singles match. You work and that's and, and that's where I think they're going to go with it. I'm just like, please don't. Like, I really want to prove I'm better than you. So I have to prove I'm better than you in a wrestling match. Yeah, in a regular wrestling match. In a ring. wrestling just, match. But like, just like you said, you already said you're over it. You know, and yeah, that's really going to make people be over it. Like we already had two two uh, stipulations that really can go off as uh, feud enders, you know, and blood feuds and stuff like that. Yeah. But now it just seems like they're going to have to they're going to have to push the envelope for something, because if they have just a regular one on one regular wrestling match, it's what there's there's nothing. There's no peak of entrance there. Like you guys already, like I said, you already had a strap match. You had a steel cage match, you know, with the shenanigans and all this stuff. Now you just have a regular match. It's just going to be like, uh, all right. <laughs> like nobody's really going to care. I, I gave the match three and a half stars as well. I thought, it, like I said, I thought it was the best match that they had together, physically intense. Yeah. And it stood out on the show with the rest of the kind of matches that we saw throughout the night. So I, I, I did enjoy this, but I'm over this feud. So I hope yeah. the baby face winning means it's over now. You can, you guys can both move on. Just move, go about your business. You don't need to talk yeah. to each other. 
go separate ways. Uh, the bloodline arrives with Roman Reigns. Uh, he basically won't talk about the idea of one lucky punch. And Paul Heyman Mike mocks the idea to even with Shawn Michaels coaching Logan Paul about looking for the opening. He won't land that lucky punch on Roman Reigns, which we established early on. He did. Uh, but. Let's move on to six-man tag team action as it was the Judgment Day. Finn Balor, uh, Finn Balor, Damian Peace, and Dominic Mysterio with Rhea Ripley versus the OC, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, and AJ Styles. Rhea Ripley with her hair like this, which is amazing. Keep this yeah. like, keep this look. Yes. Saying that it's a homage to the late, great Beth Phoenix. Great stuff. <laughs> Rolling in her grave. (laughs) Rolling in her grave hearing this. Great stuff by her. Uh, The OC coming out to a pretty good reaction. But I would just say, uh, Ness, this felt like a 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock hour match on Raw. It was good, but it wasn't anything special. Didn't even feel like it should have been on the Crown Jewel card, which once again attests to my point that WWE didn't need to book this match. Now you could have let Carl Anderson lose the Never Overweight title on, on in Japan, and you could have done AJ Styles versus Finn Balor or something else here. Yeah. Like, come on! But uh, yeah, it was good. Otherwise, the finish came when AJ Styles goes for the phenomenal forearm, and of course. The OC who said that Rhea Ripley would is the X Factor. Rhea Ripley is a problem. We need something to offset Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley was the reason why they lost because she nails uh Finn Balor. I mean AJ Styles taking him off the apron and landing his face into the apron, leading to Finn Balor hitting the shotgun dropkick and then the coup de grace for their win for the Judgment Day to continue their momentum. This match, though, like I said, nothing special. Felt like a TV match. I'm I'm off of Judgment Day keeping their momentum, but the reason I went for the OC is that they have looked like absolute chumps eating yeah. shit every single week the last couple of weeks heading into this match that they kind of needed the win a lot more than the OC. I mean, than the Judgment Day. And then the fact on the go home, they literally said they had an issue and a problem and then came here and didn't address the problem. Not only do they look like chumps, they look like Fucking idiots. Yeah. The match hey. was three stars, but uh Yeah, I, I agree with that. Three stars. But like just like you said, it's how do you acknowledge you have a problem? Say you're gonna take care of the problem and don't take care of the problem. I guess they were waiting to get back to the states <laughs> to, to handle Rhea Ripley, or but because yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, we know that Rhea is the X factor. Let's handle that. And that's why I was going for the OC as well. Because I'm like, okay, they're going to have somebody to back them up to take out Rhea. They'll get their win because they've been getting their ass kicked for the last couple of weeks by the OC, by Judgment Day. None of that happened. None of that happened. And I'm actually going to go out of my way tomorrow to watch Monday Night Raw to see if what didn't happen on Saturday does happen Monday. Because maybe they were saving it for that. But yeah, like acknowledging that Rhea was going to be the X factor and you guys had a quote unquote plan to have that taken out and it didn't even happen. (sighs) You kind of deserve to lose. So I mean, I was excited. Yeah, you do. That does look stupid. 
does look stupid. So yeah, I agree that Carl Anderson, uh, Carl Anderson should have just went to New Japan and dropped the Never Open Win title the way he was supposed to. Like we could we could have saved all of this, but uh, hey, New Japan gets to have a Wrestle Kingdom and has WWE and AEW talent. So I guess that's yeah. the that's the consolation prize for all of this mess. Uh, to answer you, my boy Blue here, did I miss SP the SP3 damage control <laughs> rant? No, we ain't get there yet, ladies and gentlemen. Trust me. We will though. We yeah. will get there. Oh yeah. Uh, we also yeah should mention what John Elite said here. Michael Cole on commentary during the matchup, not only mentioning that, uh, giving us a, basically a history rundown of the Bullet Club, saying that uh, Finn Balor was the original leader of the Bullet Club, and then AJ Styles took over of the club, and you know Carl Anderson was the original one of the original members. Uh, I I will specify. Bullet Club's whole thing was there was no leader. There was four founders, which was uh, Balor, Fale, Tonga, and uh, Carl Anderson. So just to specify that. But, yeah, most people consider Finn Balor the, uh, the, the leader of the Bullet Club. So that was big. And then even bigger was them mentioning that Carl Anderson is the current never open weight champion. What did you think about the, those little uh, touches by Michael Cole? Uh, now this shows that there's a new regime because yeah. <laughs> if this was under Miss McMahon's watch, shit, Michael Cole would be somewhere asking for change on a quarter, on a corner somewhere, and it wouldn't happen. It just wouldn't happen. Um, so, like, it, it was nice to hear stuff like that because we all know that there's a wrestling world. For whatever reason, WWE likes to think that they're inside a bubble and they don't connect or have to connect with the rest of the outside world that's into wrestling. And that's kind of hard to do when the, like, I want to say two thirds, probably even three fourths of your rosters come from other promotions. Yeah. Uh, like, come on, let's, let's, we know that there's, you're ignoring a whole history. Like Exactly. Like we're not going to sit here and act like stuff outside of WWE doesn't exist, but I'm actually glad that now they're, I like to believe that they're in a space where they can acknowledge these things. And I'm pretty sure the fans will appreciate it too. Like you guys, like I said, you guys think that your fans don't know anything outside of Monday and Fridays and, you know, sometimes of whatever days that, you know, they, they'll have a show. But a uh, good majority of your wrestling fans that are WWE fans know wrestling outside of WWE. So just having them be able to acknowledge that, it'll give the, their fans, you know, to be able to appreciate that. Oh, okay. Some wrestling yeah. history, some wrestling knowledge. All right, cool. That's nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for the Bullet Club, which, of course, nice. We are members of. Oh, I'm yeah. all for us being mentioned on WWE television. That felt good. Uh, Kervin says this feud needs to be over. I mean, there it's going to continue, obviously, because now they this whole story is they need someone to offset Rhea Ripley. I hope we don't go weeks. I hope they give us that payoff on Monday's Raw, whether it be someone like Raquel Rodriguez, who's already on the roster, someone like Mia Yim, who supposedly is supposed to be coming in to WWE, would be a good option as well. So hopefully we get that payoff on Monday on Raw, though. Hope. Fingers crossed. Uh, but we got to move on as we uh, talk more about this show with the match that I was probably looking forward to the, the least on this card. We had Omos going one-on-one -on -one with Braun Strowman, the Battle of the Giant versus the Monster. 
and Omos pretty much dominated this matchup. They did the big stare down. They did the test of strength with Omos powering uh, Strowman down. He gets a running boot to send Strowman outside. Uh, Strowman comes back with right with some right hands, but Omos slams him, slams the big man without much trouble. Then he does it again for an arrogant two count. Strowman fights back. He knocks uh, Omos to the outside, but he cuts off the express on the floor, uh, which was a nice little moment in this matchup. Then he gets back into the ring. He goes for his choke bomb, Omos, but Braun able to reverse it into a running power slam to get the win in just over seven minutes. Strowman, the monster, overcomes the Nigerian giant, Omos. This was what it was, but honestly, to be honest, it was as good as it was going to be. <laughs> I agree with that because I, I gave it, I gave it. it, I gave it two stars. That's how. That's a, that's like two stars for this match is like five stars for any other match. And uh, and each guy gets one star, so I can <laughs> I can agree with that. I give it two stars. There's it's funny because, like you said, we had. The Brock match where Brock gets dominated the whole match, he wins. The Roman and Logan match, Logan does has more of the offense. Roman wins. Bra um, Braun hit one move, <laughs> one move, one move, and one it was move. over. And oh it wasn't even his power bomb, which is his no. new finisher. It had to be the running power slam because can't oh, expect yeah. Omos to tuck in. <laughs> Oh hell no! That would that would that would have been a disaster. Kevin Nash but, powerbomb, a uh, big show. That broke his neck. <laughs> also true. Also true. You, you know when you make a valid point, you make a valid point. What? Give it to you. Uh, he said he broke his neck. That is true. I I I missed that part. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but yeah, I I I thought this was this was fine for what it was. Uh, Bell says Strowman can carry a match. I was shocked. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I mean, what do you expect out of Omos? Like, I mean, come on, man. You mean, it's not this. I don't want to say it's not the same as actually working a match. It's like, dude's just he has a little, like, a slight bit of athleticism for his height, but I, I don't think we expected. It was, I don't know about you, Bell. It was better than the typical. It was better yeah. than the typical Omos match, which was good because he actually had somebody of some stature. You know, Omos. I mean, even though he towered over Braun as well, usually Omos's fucking opponents are like a couple feet, yeah, shorter than. But he did a lot in this match. He like yeah. he had to do most of the offense, and his trash talking was immaculate. Yeah. I will give him that. He has good. He has very good trash talk. Uh, next was one of the matches I was looking forward to the most as you had the Usos defend the undisputed WWE Tag Team Titles Nest against the Brawler and Brutes, Butch and Ridge Holland. Uh, of course, the uh, Saudi fans were very happy to see the Usos because they were all feeling Usi <laughs> tonight. Uh, and what we got was a uh, uh, typical, very, very highly entertaining tag team matchup. Uh, Butch and Ridge Holland have a nice little chemistry they develop with each other with Ridge kind of being the bruiser and using his strength, while uh, Butch has more of like the high-impact moves and hard-hitting style. Uh, Jay and Jimmy dominated most of this match, getting the heat uh, in the middle portion of it. The finish comes when the Brutes and Jimmy are over the, bar the barricade and a kick 
kick to the head into uh, Northern Grit for a two. Gives uh, the Brawling Brutes a near fall. We get that nice little spot here with uh, Ridge body and both members of the Usos. Uh, Jimmy dived back in to break up the uh, Northern Grit near fall. And then Holland is sent to the outside. Uh, in the ring, though, we have uh, Jay and Butch are fighting on the top rope, and the Usos delivered an avalanche 1D to Butch to get the win and retain the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. Just over 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 35 seconds for this one. It was a very, very good matchup. I thought all four men worked really well with each other. I gave it three and three-quarter stars. The Usos, once again, delivering still undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. Although I will say they never gave me that one moment where they gave me a close near fall that made me believe the Brawling Brutes were going to win because they kind of telegraphed the Usos defending here due to the New Day having a shot on Friday for the longest reign. Yeah, I gave this three and three quarter stars as well. Um, I didn't think, just like you said, they advertised it, but going into it, I'm like, I don't know. Braun Bruce and even Rich Holland. I gotta give Rich Holland his props from where he was almost like a year ago, and you know, all, everything he's been through, as far as like the Biggie situation, he's improved immensely. And I yeah. believe being with Sheamus and Butch, those guys definitely went out of their way to help him uh, get a little better, and it's been showing. Um, again, the match one of this is actually one of the matches I was looking forward to on the card as well. Um, it delivered. And I just, I don't know. I don't, I, it was supposed to take everybody out. So it was just like, I'm at a point where I'm just waiting to see how the match is going to, like how good it's going to be. Cause I already know the Usos are going to win. Like I haven't had a feeling of, oh, they could potentially beat the Usos. It's just more so like, all right, let's just see how this match is. Cause we know the Usos are going to win. And the match was good. Three and three, ah, three and three, three, ah, three and three quarter stars. Yeah, I think I think like with both the Usos and Roman Reigns, we're kind of at that point where we're gonna, it's going to be a while, or it has to be a certain person, certain challenger for us to think that the title reign is going to be over. I think after Clash at the Castle, for me, I don't think anyone's beating Roman Reigns until WrestleMania. After mm -hmm. it, it, that's why that's why I didn't take seriously the the Logan Paul fans that mm -hmm. we had in the chat saying that he had a chance. I'm like. You didn't have Drew McIntyre win in his home country yeah. to have him lose to Logan Paul the very next, like the next defense. No, that makes no sense. That wouldn't At make all. sense. And with me, with the Usos, I felt like the best chance was Street Profits back at yeah. uh, SummerSlam coming off of that great match that they had at Money in the Bank. And the match wasn't that good. And the Street Profits lost kind of decisively. So I'm not going to think anyone has a chance to beat the Usos unless it's maybe the Paul brothers or it's Sammy and KO. Yeah, it has to be a new team because they're just running through like a revolving door. Like we beat you, beat you, beat you. Let's just start all over again. It's just like now they had to defend against the New Day. As great as those matches are, I'm kind of tired of seeing that shit because we've you. seen it so many times. This is like the, this is honestly this is the best scenario for them to run it back though because of the yeah. the, the, the title ring. That's that's the only reason that I accept it. I was over this after day one. I thought day yeah. one I was like, all right. Here we go. We're doing the Usos and New Day. I was one of those people. You could go back and watch all the True Hill Heats before or preview for day one. I was annoyed with the matchup. I was like at nauseum with how many times we've seen it. But this feels appropriate. 
to do it here. So that's why I'm okay with it coming up on SmackDown, even though, you know, if you could work things out, you would have moved Crown Jewel to next Saturday and then do that match there. Yeah. Like one day left before the title rate, before they get the title rate. Uh, but that is besides the point. That's stuff that they can't control there. Uh, we got Bell who says, Sammy and KO is beating the Usos at Mania, dude. Yeah, I, that's what I want. I'm, I'm here for it. Even though I do say, if, if Jake Paul says he wants to wrestle, I wouldn't be surprised if they said, you know, scrap those plans. We're putting Paul Brothers oh, yeah, versus yeah. Usos. Oh, yeah. Hell, hell yeah. That'll, that's just off of publicity alone. Like, that's what they want. And it's in its mania there. That's exactly what they want. It, although the Sammy and KO getting the tag team title reign that will warm my heart. It's not what I want. It's more so about the eyes. The I don't even know how many subscribers and followers these dudes got. But they got a bunch. Yeah, Logan yeah. Paul is legitimately the most famous person that works for WWE. Yeah. Like literally. I, I yeah, like literally, he's the most famous person that works for WWE. So I, I, yeah, we talked about Logan Paul being injured, but like you said, it usually is about six months for that injury, which would bring him back in time for WrestleMania if he wanted yeah. to. So, uh, but we also got Romeo here who says, Oh, I definitely remember SP3 being tired of New Day. <laughs> I was, I was, but this seems like the most appropriate time to do it. So I'm here for it. Uh, but let's talk about a match. <laughs> That I'm gonna have a lot to say about that. <laughs> this is what the people have camped for. That's for there. It is talk about this damn match. Ah, here we go. Raw Women's Championship up for grabs. Bianca Belair defending against Bailey. Uh, Bailey got the grand entrance, damage control in the sky. And what we got was these two women putting on a very, very, very good performance. Uh, these two ladies work extremely well with each other. And what has become a staple now Ness, of these Bailey stipulation matches is her inventive way she uses weapons and uses kind of the environment around her. Uh, we got some spots early on with like Kendo Six. She uh, used the big swing, but the stick uh, falls to the floor. Got a spot where she uh, pulled out the ladder and then she tried to uh, basically pin Bianca Belair underneath the steel steps with the ladder on top so she couldn't stand up. Uh, at one point, they were fighting up the ramp and Bailey looked like she tweaked her ankle, but she was just uh, basically being a heel and kicks Belair in the face. Back in, Bailey gets a steel chair shot only to have the chair thrown at her for a nasty crash. Bailey goes with the steps and uh, that that's when she uh, pinned Belair underneath them. The action really picked up when they got to the top of the ramp and uh, Bailey pulled out a box and throws Bianca Belair in it to try to get the, uh, the, the 10 count that way. But Bianca Belair pops the case open, popping Bailey right in the mouth with it. Nice little shot there. And then she tries to throw the case at Bailey. Bailey then tries to get a golf cart and goes about one mile an hour as Bianca Belair is able to okey-doke it out the way. She, she uh, drop kicks Bailey. She fights Bailey on top of the, the golf cart. And then she starts, she basically said, Bailey, you went one mile an hour? I'm booking this shit. 
she put her foot down on the gas and started Jenny. It almost looked like Bailey was gonna freaking fly off what? the top <laughs> off, the, off the top of the shit into the table. I would have preferred that. Like Bailey, like as they're going down the thing, tries to stand up, and then when they get down to the table, she just flips over herself. It, so it looks less contrived than how we what we eventually got. And it, she probably would have went through the table a lot better. But, uh, yeah, she does try. Uh, ba- uh, Belair pulls her off using her braid, pulls her off the uh, the golf cart, and, and barely, barely touches the table, hitting the edge. And then uh, Bianca has to pick her back up and powerbomb her through the table. Uh, man, there's was, was some crazy bumps that Bailey was taking here. Back in the ring, Bianca goes for a 450 splash onto a pile of chairs with Bailey on top of it, but Bailey moves out the way. Uh, Bel Air is right back up though. Uh, Bailey tries to sit, set up an open chair, and Bel Air is able to hit the KOD on the open chair with Bailey's knee landing very badly. And then uh, they get very creative here with Bel Air putting Bailey into a ladder, trapping the ladder underneath the top rope so Bailey can escape and get up from the Ted count to get the victory. Bianca Belair getting the win in 20 minutes, 44 seconds. The violence was good. The spots were inventive. I just wish that some of the spots were executed a little bit better. Uh, I'm all I'm all for the intelligent endings to, to these last man standing matches, but this felt too much like Batista getting his, his legs tied together, and Bailey looked like she just had to wait there to get to the 10 count because she looked like she could have easily got up in time. Like mm-hmm. she just like uh it was now nah, let me let me let me grand before I get your thoughts next. <laughs> I was actually I'm waiting to hear the rant as well, even well more of it, more so. Uh why did they bring <laughs> Bailey back, Ness? Why? Why? You remember yeah, I watched it the other day, the SummerSlam Roundtable review. I was so happy. I was yeah. so excited. I thought the peak, the highlight of that whole damn show was Bailey coming back yep. with EO Sky, with Dakota Kai. But Paul Lafette. Paul Lafette, Triple H, the game, the cerebral assassin, the king of kings, terrorizing, Stephanie's bag holder, the guy who doesn't like you people, the leader of evolution, the sidekick in DX, the leader of DX, the leader of the authority, the CEO, the EVP of talent relations. He fucking sucks at booking a female stable. He needs to call up his best friend, Michael Hickenbottom, and say, hey, hey, Michael, how did you book Toxic Attraction to be the best female stable that WWE has ever had? Oh, I don't know. I kind of had them win fucking matches and had the leader win a fucking title and not lose every single time to one person. Like, I understand. I was totally fine. Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair's title reign, I'm totally fine with it in a vacuum. I don't need it to basically ill-affect other people, and it has ill-affected Bailey's return. Bailey, who could have returned as a babyface because the fans really love her, you're kind of forcing their hand by making her a heel, even though she's really, really good at being a heel, but she's 
a better baby face. Sometimes you're a better baby face. I said the same thing with Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch eventually became a great, a great heel, but Becky Lynch is a better baby face. You learned your lesson there, but you didn't learn your lesson with Bailey, and then you blew your fucking load on three returns at SummerSlam in one to create this stable that you don't have a fucking clue what to do with. You don't have a fucking clue how to book a stable. A guy who's been in stables his whole damn career doesn't know how to book us. I never heard of that shit. Imagine, imagine if Evolution, when Evolution got together, Triple H just lost the world title and kept losing against Goldberg. Or Chris Benoit. Imagine how that would have worked out for Evolution. Imagine if Evolution never had their moment at Armageddon 2003 when Randy Orton's the Intercontinental Champion, Batista and Ric Flair's a tag team champion, and Triple H is the world champion. It didn't matter what they did before or after how they broke up, how Orton left the group, which that was an era, but anything that happened before or after, they had that moment. They were solidified as a stable that we would always remember. Imagine if the Shield, you never had the Shield have Dean Ambrose win the U.S. title and, and Reigns and Rollins win the tag team titles. Would all three of these guys beat some of the best wrestlers in the world today? I don't know. Would they be at that same level if you didn't give them the opportunity to do that? You got EO Sky, who's been one of the best female wrestlers in the world for the past decade, and she comes to the main roster, and you don't have a clue what to do with her? Someone else who's naturally a baby face you make her a fucking heel and you don't know what to do with her you put her in a tag team and she can't even win tag team matches on her own dakota kai you bring her back to the company you put her in a group obviously this group was not planned from the beginning if you could tell by your shitty yeah. ass fucking paul and here we are. Here we are three months later 100 days into damage control and barely I don't, no one wants to see Bailey get another shot at this Raw Women's Championship. That's over. That's done with. Now you got to try to build them out as a tag team or have EO and Dakota turn on Bailey at this point. You yeah. have reached the point of no return. I have never seen it this fast. Even the Nexus, the Nexus had two month grace period before they started booking them very badly. Like at least we had the buildup to SummerSlam. We ain't even get a build-up to this shit. We had one month of, of damage control looking good, looking strong, winning that Clash of the Castle. And then the very next show, they lost in the finals of the Women's Tag Team title tournament. Ah, it's just... Why? Why, Paul? Why? Yeah, I would like those questions to be answered. <laughs> I didn't even talk about the match. I, I like the match. It was totally fine, but it's just like... At this point, Bianca Belair needs to be the champion until WrestleMania. And at this point, you could move Bailey to NXT or SmackDown, another show at this point. Yeah, honestly, at this point, like what's what's the point? Honestly, like just like I, I like that you said that damage control needs to turn on Bailey because they're champions, they're two-time champions. What has Bailey done since she's been back? She's been losing, you know, they're her lackeys, but they're the ones that's going out there doing what needs to be done, actually winning their matches and bringing back championship gold. Now, going into this match, I thought going to the show, actually, I thought it was going to be a cold, cold culmination of damage control as a whole, all standing tall at the end of the night, 
Dakota and EO having the women's tag team titles and uh Bailey getting the Raw Women's Tag uh the Raw Women's uh championship. One of those things happened. The one that I ex- really expected to happen didn't. Uh again, I love Bianca Belair. She can be champ for as long as it it doesn't really matter to me because she's a one, she's great talent phenomenal uh individual and i just love to see her that be in this position and get that because there was a time where that wouldn't have happened you know um but i'm glad it's happening but are we going maybe down the path of a john cena ish title reign where she's just beating everybody which once again i don't really have too much of an issue with that it just comes off like what are you doing with the people that she's facing like you say you just brought bailey back from being gone for like a year and some change coming back with a stable basically coming back to make a statement the only statement she's been making is i'm a loser that doesn't get me invested in one this year i and i guess that's kind of what they want because she's a heel but that doesn't help her as an individual overall Cause like now you're gonna have to go with the story like all right you have damage control who are supposed to be the backup and they're looking like the leads because they're winning they got championship they're doing what they got to do what is Bailey gonna do now but I guess I gotta sit and wait see where it goes um, I like the match as well I gave it um, I give it three three quarters I like I did enjoy the match I just didn't like that Bailey didn't win because what's the point? What's the point of her getting these title shots? Oh, she won the uh, non-title, non-title match that gives you a title shot. I hate that shit. Don't they basically fifty fifty book this whole feud? Yeah, she, she wins the 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 six woman tag and she pins Bianca. Then she loses the ladder match. She wins the non-title singles match. Then she loses at Crown Jewel. Like it's like. You 50-50 booked her now to where, yeah, she has no momentum. And uh, it's just, like, frustrating. I'm such a big fan of Bailey. I've been a fan of Bailey since her time in NXT. I've been th- I've been singing the praises of EO, EO Shirai, EO Sky since before she came to WWE. When she came to the May Young Classic, I was so excited for her to be in WWE and work with all these women. Dakota Kai, I've always been a big, big fan of her since I discovered her in progress. So you got to understand. It's nothing against Bianca Belair. I'm all for Bianca Belair getting this John Cena type push. I just didn't want it at the the hindrance of yeah. a whole new stable. Like literally, we have someone in the live chat, John Elite, who said, "Undisputed Era being draped in gold." So Triple H has booked a stable before correctly, <laughs> and you're telling me he couldn't do it again? We're doing. We're telling me he nexus. He nexus. Damn it, they're women. <laughs> it's because they're women. I'm I'm just joking. God. No, it's probably true though. <laughs> it was like I gave you a revolution. I'm not giving you a push. <laughs> oh my god! But I'm that's just... the thing. Like, why? How are we supposed to be invested in this? If and it's the hot potato in two. Even with uh, damage control, winning the the women's tag team titles, they just had them and then they lost them and then they got them back. Like it's. That doesn't really need to keep happening. This revolving door, the same thing over and over and over again. That doesn't make for compelling television that you said that you want for your product. It's not compelling. It's kind of annoying. Yeah, I'm annoyed. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not compelled to to enjoy the product. I'm annoyed. This match that 
in all the sense and purposes, I would say is you, I would argue that it's the best match on the show. I'm annoyed after it because of the booking going into it. Not because of anything in a vacuum. I would say this was one of the better women's matches of the year for WWE, but it's because of the, the booking of damage control and Bailey at this point that I'm frustrated coming out of it. I'm happy for Bianca Belair. I think she's going to have a huge matchup at WrestleMania, whether that's against uh, Charlotte Flair or Rhea Ripley. The fact that you have more than one person that you could see her going against at that stage says enough about where we see Bianca Belair, where she has really kind of, uh, you know, solidified herself among the four horsewomen and Ronda Rousey as one of the top women's performers for WWE in not only the fans' eyes, but the WWE, the company's eyes. Which is honestly kind of hard to do because outside of the four horsewomen, they really weren't given too many people acknowledgement like that. You know, aside yeah. from like the Oscars and Alexa Bliss, Ronda Rousey's a whole beast of her own. So, of course, she was going to get that acknowledgement. But it's actually good to see someone actually grind up and get that spot and then go out there and show why she deserves it and has been carrying the ball ever since she got it. Yeah. Uh, we got Bell who says uh, Rhea is gonna beat her at Mania. I think that sounds like a good, pretty good call. Uh, Goodfellas says Bianca versus Ronda Survivor Series. They uh, they have said that they're not doing the Raw versus SmackDown thing this year. So yeah, I think the whole thing's with War Games, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like War Games is the hook. All right, so this is where I see where this is going. This feud is definitely not over. Oh no! And I can see Bailey getting the fucking pin. Yeah, they're, war they're, games. because they're 50 50 booking <laughs> this shit. Bailey and Damage Control are gonna win at War Games. It's probably gonna be uh, Dakota, EO, Bailey, Nikki Cross. Maybe they bring in a new member for Damage Control. I would say like Tegan Knox, and I've that's the that. team. That's the five the five person team for the for the. Uh, damage control team and then they do bianca bliss oscar candace and maybe a returning becky that works or because or uh, i don't not that i'm manifesting this or maybe like raquel and Aaliyah or some just maybe some some expendable team or yeah. like that because yeah. i have a feeling that if they do bring in somebody new like that would have to be the ones that win or are you just gonna taint that person as well? True. So I don't true. know how they. How, I don't know. Hey, Triple H, I, I, I'll leave that all to you. You can fuck up the women's division even more. <laughs> Kirby says every return really need video package because WWE fans don't watch NXT. That, that's a good point. And I would, I would just make the argument overall. Triple H hasn't done very good with these people that he's had returned. They either just feel like another person on the roster that's not special anymore. Or their damage control, um, like that. That that's like it seems the majority. I would say the the exceptions to that rule would be Braun Strowman and Johnny Gargano, because Johnny Gargano they are using all over Monday Night Raw right now. So yeah. at least he's getting somewhat of a push. But as far as like the returning people, everybody else just feels like a another person on the yeah. roster. 
Unfortunate. Uh, Kervin, uh, we got Bell here. He says they're still doing uh, the Survivor Series tag matches, though. I think that's why I think uh, Judgment Day and the OC is continuing. Also, I think Bailey could call her bestie to call to help at War Games. That's true. Could have uh, Sasha involved in the uh, War Games matchup there. Uh, Kervin says Damage Control, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley uh, versus Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Raquel, and Candice. I can see that. I can see that as well. I love that as well. So, uh, good stuff there. But we got two more things to talk about from the show, Nets. First, it was Bray Wyatt. He came out for a promo segment that was advertised beforehand. Uh, Wyatt talks about how he made a monster of himself and wore his mask with pride, talking about the Fiend character. Bray says he found himself on an island of loneliness as the monster destroyed him. There he sat, and with no one to love him there was, and nowhere to run, at this point the fans were like, we love you. Bray responded to them and said, no one loves him. But they love, they love the, the, what they think he is, the image of him. But now he needs to write a new ending to his story. At this point, as Bray was speaking, uh, we got the... the Wyatt logo on the screen and of course Uncle Howdy popped up and with Bray's voice talking about why someone would wear a mask. Howdy asked if uh, the people would still love Bray if they knew who he really was. Uh, Bray will go too far and it will feel so good and if he's scared about the consequences afterward, just a simple solution to that. Just don't take off the mass. Tell him he's wrong. I thought this was this was cool. It was interesting, intriguing, but it advanced absolutely nothing. <laughs> Honestly, so I haven't really been keeping up with the Bray stuff because I haven't been watching SmackDown. So I'm watching it. I'm just like, oh, okay. I don't really get the whole Uncle Howdy thing. Uh, I did what I really did like about his promo. You know, everybody's saying, oh, we love you. You love you. And he's like, you don't love me. You'll love the idea of me. I'm like, shit, that was a nice way to, you know, get him to shut up. And they yeah. did. <laughs> they did. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was great. But um, I, I just got to, I got to see more. I was, I'm hyped that he's back in WWE. But it just seems like every week all he's doing is just coming out, giving a vague promo, and it's just like this doesn't seem like anything different from how Vince was booking him at one point. Yeah, yeah. I'm, is- I'm glad that I'm glad he's back, and I'm I I have hope that it's going to get better because that definitely has the potential to get better. But just me, just my personal feelings, I don't see the um, the masked appeal that a lot of the wrestling community does just currently right now. I don't doubt it because it's Bray overall, but just like at the moment in time, I, I need to see more like, where is this going? Because you, you're, you're a wrestling guy, Ness. And yeah, you're just I, thinking in the back of your head, okay, this is all fine and dandy, but what happens when the bell rings? Yeah. <laughs> and I, and we know that you know he's not the greatest in the ring, but I can look past that for some people. And Bray's one of the guys that I'll look past that for. But it's just like they're really dragging out the whole whatever the story is. We heard so so many different theories of the Wyatt Six. Oh no, it's going to have six people in the group. Oh no, he's just going to have six different personalities. Like, stop dragging me along. 
let's just get this over. Let's get it going. Let's go. Let's see what goes on. Cause now, like, where's he gonna go for this? Is he gonna go after um he's gonna go after Roman, maybe? Like, what is like what, what is his motive? What is Bray's motive? I I yeah, me personally, right now, I think it's just like him trying to find himself, which is fine, but it's also wrestling. Like, you can't just wrestle yourself. You have to have somebody, you have to have an adversary. So who who is his adversary? What is he going on? Where what is his motivation to want to come back and be in the wrestling ring? I just haven't seen anything along those lines to push that I like to push that idea. But again, I'm open to this. Open to I'm not stuff like having damage control, the way they've been booked. I'm not open to that shit. I don't want no more of that at all. But to see where this story goes with Bray, I'm open to like just go along for the ride as as impatient as I am to see where it leads. Yeah, I, I'm willing to, to give him the benefit of the doubt and to go along on the journey, but I was expecting a little bit more because it yeah. was a premium live event. I thought we would get something like maybe Uncle Howdy just coming out. So we yeah. know that Uncle Howdy is a different person. That it's not just Bray, another person in Bray's head, which the, the, the voice and everything sounds like it's just Bray as another, as another character. So I would have liked something like that, but... I'm willing to give this the benefit of the doubt, see how they, they draw this out. But we are getting to the point of, are they dragging it out? Is this slow burn a little too slow? So yeah. that's the only thing. But that is the final segment that we need to cover. If you're just joining us or joining us late, we did go over Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns, the main event of Crown Jewel. We talked in depth about Logan Paul's uh, performance as well as his injury coming out of Crown Jewel and what that means as far as maybe potentially him not main eventing of WrestleMania, like our good friend uh, Brett Thomas said at the beginning of the show. Uh, but we will we will talk more about that in the uh the next streams that we do over the next couple of days. But the final portion of this show is of course, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle out of 10. What did we give the show our match of the night MVP and LVP? If you're still with us on demand, remember to sound off in the live chat. We want to hear from you. What was your match of the night MVP LVP for WWE crown jewel 2022 out of 10, what did you give the show? And what did you give it a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle? But me and Ness first, let's put our thumbs in the middle for WWE Crown Jewel 2022. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle in three, two, one. Thumbs up across the board from me and Ness out of 10. What did you give the show, Ness? I gave it a seven. Um, off the watch along because there's some things that rubbed me wrong when I first saw it. I'm like, uh, this I gave it as actually I gave it a six, but I was like, I kept my thumb in the middle because of how I felt emotionally. But again, I watched it again and I'm like, you know what? Some of this stuff makes sense. I gotta get over that. Um, so I'll give it a seven, seven, seven out of ten. I actually 100% agree with you. I also gave it uh, a 7 out of 10. I thought it was a really good show. Uh, really great main event. 
a really good last woman standing match, a really good tag team title matchup. Uh, the, some of the stuff early on, I wasn't too into. I wasn't too into the finish for Brock and, uh, and Lashley. I did enjoy the women's tag team titles. I don't enjoy the hot, the hot potato of the uh, titles at this point. I enjoyed the steel cage match. I thought that six-man tag was just a TV matchup. And I wish I could forget Omos versus Braun Strowman. But it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, but we do have Safiz says I watch it again. I said not bad. So there you go. Uh, what was your match of the night for WWE oh, Crown Jewel? Main event for sure. Look at this visual. Great. Bro, he looks like that's if he had blue instead of yellow, I would have thought that was AJ Styles. Or blue or red, I would have thought that's AJ Styles. <laughs> no lie. Facts, facts. Yes, 100 percent Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul. Is I, honestly in my eyes, I say by far the main. I'm, I even go as far. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and improve upon my rating before I think I gave it four and a quarter. I'll go four and a half stars. This man, third match, third match, four and a half stars. That's what I give it because I, I thought it was amazing performance by Logan yeah. Paul and like I said, Roman Reigns selling. This was him uh, with a selling masterpiece. This man is very good at selling, and he showed it here, and he put over Logan Paul in the process. So I got to go with them as the match of the night. MVP for the show, Ness. I'm going to have co-MVPs. One's an obvious choice in Logan Paul and his performance. And <laughs> this is also a little, like, just because I just thought it was nice. Whoever was controlling those drones – because those visuals before the matches, like those were a nice, a very nice touch to the entrances, especially for the main event. The 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 faces of Roman and Logan Paul. That that, that was dope. dope. That was yeah, so that dope. That was dope. So I got I gotta give them some props for that. Yes. Uh <laughs> Romeo saying Logan in war games would have been fun. I mean would have, could have, should have, but he's injured now. Again, <laughs> um, uh, MVP, I got to go with Logan Paul. I want to go with co-MVP, Logan Paul, and World Women's Champion, Bianca Belair. Any, anytime she has this dominant win after I pricked against her, I got to show her respect and give her the MVP. And, of course, the LVP. <sighs> Fucking Bailey. Bailey. <laughs> oh, Bailey. Oof. Ah. I want you to stop being Barry. Yeah, I got. Yeah, man, it's yeah. Your your backup has tag team gold, and you have nothing to show for it. Nothing. They, they didn't even come out to help you at all. Yeah, that too. So they don't even respect you. <laughs> oh. Come out to help you. I just realized I didn't even bring that up before, but they ain't even come out to help you. Damn. And, and honestly, I thought that was gonna be a reason why she was gonna win, that they'd come out and help, but I guess not. They were, you know, too much going on from that women that that tag match. Left it high and dry, yo. How you do nah. how you do your girl like that? Oh, Bailey. Ooh, ah. <laughs> oh, poor Bailey. Poor, poor Bailey. Uh, but yeah, Bailey is definitely the LVP. But that that is our uh, our final picks for this show. 
Ness, I want to thank you for joining me for our WWE Crown Jewel 2022 roundtable review. Let the people know where they can find you on social media and when you'll be back here on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at skinny underscore underscore Kravitz. And I'm always here on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel every Tuesday for NX3. Myself, Chris G, and Romeo, we go live watching NXT on Thursdays. Once again, with Chris G for Blood Impact, where we go live watching Impact Wrestling. Uh, I have a part-time schedule on Elite Heat, so you'll see me this week on another episode coming up this Wednesday when we watch uh, Dynamite. We go live. I don't might, I'm on vacation this week, so I'm going to try to pop up on a lot of shows, see what go. I can do. Yeah. There you go. Nice. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Putting some work. If I'm not working at my real job, I'm here working at the job I actually like. <laughs> there you go. Ness is helping out. He's going to be doing more here this week. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSB3. Follow the gang Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TrueHillHeat patreon.com forward slash true hill he you had the true hill heat prediction uh championship they had the predictions for crown jewel that was up uh earlier this week that you could pick over there and we'll have more exclusive content over there some new japan stuff coming up this week as well as on twitch.tv forward slash true hill heat wrestling dark power is usually every week this week it was preempted but it'll be back this coming week and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash True Heels. But you'll see me and Ness once again tomorrow, I believe. Uh, we will be going live for our NJPW Battle Autumn 2022 roundtable review, talking about the show from New Japan Pro Wrestling from Osaka with the main event of Will Ospreay going one-on-one -on -one with Tensuya Naito for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. We'll be talking about that, FTR's first time in Japan, and the re-debut of Shoto Amino tomorrow right here on the True Hill Eat YouTube channel. So hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here. So for Ness, it is me, it is me, your True Heel Phenom, SP3. This has been our WWE Crown Jewel 2022 Round Table Review. See you next time.